السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته الحمد لله حمد كثيرا طيبا مباركا فيك ما يحب ربنا ويرضى وصلى الله على نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم تسليما كثيرا الحمد لله thank you guys for joining me for another discussion our grown man our grown men discussions I uh, want to continue a little bit with um, what we started with. want to continue with where we started, where we stopped last week uh, with our characteristics of men mentioned in the Quran. Characteristics of men mentioned in the Quran. So in the last discussion, we talked about the quality of strength and what real strength means, right? 
what real strength means. We talked about uh, trustworthiness and how important that is. Trustworthiness. And we kind of um, we segued into the characteristic of knowledge that a man, if he's going to lead, whether lead his family, lead his community, assume a leadership role in the world, then he has to do that with knowledge. A man can't lead anybody or anything, including himself, without knowledge. There is no benefit in an ignorant man, I promise you. There is no benefit in an ignorant man, I promise you that. And some people, some women have to learn that the hard way, unfortunately. Um, Okay, so we move on to character number four, which is integrity. One of the qualities and characteristics that it is imperative for a man to have is integrity. And integrity is usually translated as the ability to do the right thing even when no one is watching. The ability to do the right thing even when no one is watching. And if you think about it from from the perspective of uh, accountability, self-accountability, that kind of fits into that. Because a man who does the right thing when no one is watching is a man who is you know, constantly holding himself accountable. And this is one of, you know, this is one of the, the qualities of the souls that Allah mentions in the Quran, a nafs al-lawama. A nafs al-lawama, this is the self-reproaching soul, one of the three souls that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions in the Quran. Um, the self-reproaching soul, meaning this is the soul that is not perfect, but when that particular soul errors or falls into error, it he corrects or she corrects themselves. They reproach themselves, accountable. They hold themselves accountable. As Umar radiallahu one day he was talking to himself, one of the Sahaba was behind the wall while Umar went into a stall to go relieve himself, but Umar was having a conversation with himself. And he said, Amiru mu'minin, bakhin, bakhin, he said, oh, son of Khattab, he said, you are, so you are the leader of the believers, huh? He's talking to himself. So you are the leader of the believers, huh? He said, oh, son of Khattab, you are going to fear Allah or Allah is going to punish you. It's as simple as that. This is a conversation that Umar is having with himself. This is a conversation that Umar bin Khattab was having with himself. So a man who does the right thing when nobody is watching is a man who holds himself accountable, a man who holds himself to a higher standard than the average man. Self-accountability, all right? And where do we get this quality of integrity in the Qur'an? Out of all of the men that are mentioned in the Qur'an, we get that from the story of Yusuf, alayhi salam. We get that from the story of Yusuf. We can get that from many stories, but the story of Yusuf, right, in particular, is a story of integrity. As we said, as I said before, to have everything without honor is to have nothing. If you go about getting things in a in a dishonorable way, then you might as well not have it at all. 
Because look at what you have to sacrifice. You have to sacrifice your honor, your dignity, your soul to have it. And so therefore, if you have to sacrifice all of that to have it, then is it even worth having, you know, to begin with? Is it even worth having? You know, I mean, I can go into so many different scenarios where many men in, you know, their younger years, you know, it, you know, they make so many mistakes. This here again, this conversation is not about shaming men. This conversation is about pulling men up, pulling you up empowering men for us to be able to look at ourselves and you know our old selves and say this is you know what i want to be this is this is who i'm trying to be looking back at yourself having conversations with your younger self right if you all the men that are listening right now if you are above 30 you know this is the conversation that you should be having with yourself you know, that you should have had with yourself when you were 20. Like if, if someone said to you, what would you, what would you tell the 20 year old you, right? What would you as a man tell the 20 year old you, right? And I would say to myself at 20 years old to have integrity, that to have everything without honor and dignity is to have nothing at all, right? So when we go back to the story of Yusuf, alayhi salam, Yusuf is being raised in the house of the Aziz, you know, the, the the financial chief financial officer of Egypt. This is the guy that is responsible for all of Egypt's wealth, all of his sustenance, his food, his produce. He is the man next to the king. He is responsible for everything. He brings Yusuf, buys Yusuf off the human market, right? He purchases Yusuf. Yusuf's beauty catches his attention. He's going by the marketplace where they're selling people, selling human beings on the, the, you know, the auction block. He sees Yusuf's face and Yusuf's face catches his attention. So innocent, so pure, so handsome. And he goes over and he purchases Yusuf. He takes Yusuf home and he tells his wife, Ekrimi methwai, honor his stay. Let him stay with us for as long as he likes, we perhaps we can take him as a son, honor his stay. Here again, that's a man operating with integrity. Because up to that point, adults had been taking advantage of Yusuf all the way up to that point. This was the first time that a man entered into Yusuf's life since you know his brothers did what he did, and gave him a fair shot. <laughs> this is the first time that a man has dealt, an adult has dealt with Yusuf in a manner that was honorable. Every other adult, every other person, uh, uh, older person that has dealt with Yusuf up to this point has dealt with him from the place of exploitation. Whether it was his brothers who threw him into a well and then sold him into a slavery, sold him into slavery, or it was the, the men from the caravan that was passing through that found him in the well, hid him in the caravan, and the brothers made a deal with the brothers and purchased him for a few dirhams, right? And then takes him to the... Meanwhile, this little kid, nobody says, where's his parents? Where's his father, <laughs> right? This is when humanity becomes a commodity. This is when humanity becomes... Someone's humanity becomes a commodity. Something as simple as, you know, where's your father? 
it wasn't even a factor in all of that. No one asked him, this little kid at the bottom of a well, no one said, where are your parents? Where are your parents at? Where's your mom? Where's your dad? Let me take you home. No, it's like they hid him. As soon as they, the caravan pulled up to the well and they saw Yusuf in the well, they took him out of the well and they hid him in the back of the caravan as if, you know, you know, they were about to make a fortune off of him. They purchased him from the brothers. They took him from Palestine all the way to Egypt and then sold him on the slave market. Here again, another adult purchased him, puts him on the slave market. So all the way up until the Aziz purchasing Yusuf, right? No adult had dealt with him with honor up to that point. So the Aziz, he comes, he sees him on the marketplace and he purchases Yusuf, takes him home, tells his wife, Ekrimi methwai, honor his stay. Let him stay with us, honor his stay. Give him whatever he needs. During that time, Yusuf was uh, a teenager, you know, 12, 13 years old. You know, he's a kid. He was a kid at that time. And so Yusuf is being raised in the house of the Aziz. So the Aziz, he's, you know, raising Yusuf as his own. And as we learned in the story of Yusuf, the uh, Aziz himself wasn't, he was castrated. So he wasn't able to be uh, intimate with his wife, which is why Zuleikha, you know, showed such a fondness. So showed, you know, uh, was, you know, not to mention that Yusuf was uh, handsome, given half of the beauty of the world was placed into one man, if you think about that, right? All of the opulence of the world, the beauty, the beauty, the glitter, you know, of the world, half of what we marvel at was placed in the body of Yusuf. He was given half of the beauty of the world. So the next time you take a trip, you go and you marvel at some of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's creation, whether it's mountains, whether it's rivers, lakes, whether it's waterfalls, right? You ever been to Niagara Falls? You ever been to some of the waterfalls in, you know, Seattle and you just kind of stand there and you just look, you know, in awe and how beautiful it is. Yusuf was given half of the beauty of the world. So with the husband, the Aziz, being castrated, right? Yes, they they used to the kings, they used to castrate the people that were close to them. So they never have to worry about them sleeping with their wives or you know violating their children because the king has this person around him, around his family, around his wife, around his children, right? So during that time, they would castrate you know the people you know many of the men that were in the king's court would be castrated. So the king never had to worry about this person violating you know. Um, uh, violating their children, violating their wife. And in some instances, when uh, during that time in, in that in that you know ancient Roman period, if they found or or Egyptian period, if they found like you know a, a stray on the streets or whatever and they brought them in, they would castrate them. They would castrate them because they were, you know, uh, you know, basically, abandoned children, bastard children, you know, and they castrated them so they did not produce any more children, right? These were people, this is a time where people put great emphasis on lineage, 
right? Great emphasis on, you know, coming from the most prestigious lineages, you know, so when they found a child who was a bastard child, of, you know, I hate to use that phrase, but they found a child that, you know, was was born out of wedlock, was kind of just discarded, you know, on the streets, raising on the streets. If the king took a liking to that person, they would castrate them so that they could do their work, focus on their work, and they wouldn't have to worry about them, you know, sleeping around with women and, you know, getting lost and getting unfocused or distracted, right, which is another quality of men that we're going to get to, and that is to be focused, right? There is nothing that makes a man more distracted or unfocused than women. The Prophet ﷺ said, I have not left a greater trial for men than women. You think about a man, the Prophet ﷺ said, I don't know anything that is more damaging to a man who has his head screwed on straight than one of you women. A man left to his own self, right, could, you know, could become great. <laughs> it's when he's distracted by a woman or women, if he lacks self-control, lacks self-discipline, it's the distraction that takes him off of that path. But you leave a man by himself, as I say all the time, some of us was on our way to were on our way to paradise until we got married. Some of us were on our way to paradise until we got married. When we got married, we compromised our ability to get to paradise because we became distracted by the women that we brought into our lives. So rather than figuring out cracking the code, rather than cracking the code on marriage and trying to figure this out really quickly, because I don't have 10 years of my life to waste on arguing and debating and trying to prove who's right, prove who's wrong. And you know, I don't have 10 years of my life to invest in that. I'll give you two years, three years, four years max. By five years into a marriage, you should have mastered being a husband. It works out for your benefit. The quicker you master that, the quicker you can get back on your path, whether you're an entrepreneur, whether you're a business mogul, whatever it is, an aspiring business mogul, whatever it is you're, you're aspiring to be as a man. And many times as men, we get so distracted that we cannot reach our goal. We cannot pursue our personal ambitions in life because we're too busy, distracted with arguing and fighting and debating and making mistakes and you know simple mistakes that could be rectified. But we just don't want to ask for help. We don't need help. We act like we don't need help. We think we got it all figured out, but in fact, we don't. We don't. So you spend four, five, six, seven, 10 years of your life arguing and debating with the same woman about the same issues because you didn't take time out to go and crack the code. Learn, if there is a code to marriage. Ask any man who's been married 20, 30, 40 years. They've cracked the code. That's not to say that their marriage is healthy. That's not to say that their marriage is happy, but they did something that allows them to remain in that situation, right? They did something right. They cracked the code. So obviously, it works both ways, but I'm talking to the men right now. You got to learn how to crack the code, man, so you can get back on the path. <laughs> get back on the path. You think about some men. I use the phrase on the, on the hamster wheel. There are some men right now, I promise you, listening right now. Men, I want you to listen to me. There's some men listening right now. You are on the hamster wheel. Just chasing your tail. You in a marriage. It's not working out. Sister, I don't think this is working. Cut her loose. You know, 
wait for a few months, few months, and then you back on, you back on the wheel again, and you're just constantly, and and this is is even worse when it's polygyny, because God forbid your first wife, you're dragging, taking her through hell, she got to sit through all of this, <laughs> she got to sit through wife after wife after wife after wife, she has to sit through that, because you're on the hamster wheel, get off of the hamster wheel. Get off of the hamster wheel. We keep telling ourselves, I can do this. I can make this happen. I got to try it again. I'm going at it again. And it's just like, sit down for a second. You're losing yourself in pursuit of something that actually might not be for you. You're losing yourself in pursuit of something that might not actually be for you. So Yusuf السلام, being raised in the house of the wife of the Aziz, every day, obviously, shaitan is beautifying Yusuf more than he is to this woman. This is why it's dangerous for two, the opposite sex, to be alone in the room or in the home together, because as time goes by, you know, this person, shaitan, is beautifying this person for you, beautifying this person to you. And shaitan has a way of making the person you ever seen somebody and, and upon seeing them for the first time, you say, I, I would never be with a person that looks like that. I would never be with a person with that type of mentality or that type of you know personality. But when you are around that person long enough, Shaitan starts to beautify the person in a way where you actually start to entertain it. That's not coincidental. That's not a coincidence. This is what happened with the monk, uh, Bursisa. Right during the Bani Israel, the boy, the guys, they came and they brought their sister. He's he's a righteous guy, but Shaitan is gunning for him. Shaitan wants him. They leave their sister with him. Right. Leave their sister with him, and he's trying to, you know, uh, do an exorcism, get the jinn out of her. Meanwhile, Shaitan was the one who possessed the woman. Shaitan set the whole situation up. He knows exactly what you what he's doing, taking you step by step to your eventual destruction. And day in, day out, every time he comes in the room and talks with the woman and tries to, you know, perform the exorcism on her to get the jinn out of her, Shaitan is beautifying her until one day he walks in the room and she's the most beautiful woman and he ends up sleeping with her and ends up sleeping with her and getting her pregnant. Then Shaitan goes to him and says, you know, you got this woman pregnant. You know, when the brothers find out, you know, your whole career is done. You're done. You're done for. Nobody will take you serious as a monk, as a priest, as, you know, a religious scholar. Nobody will take you serious after this. You got to kill her and the baby. Get rid of them both. And what does he do? Because here again, to have everything without honor and integrity is to have nothing at all. He couldn't just sit in that discomfort and just own the fact that he, you know, made a mistake. And eventually in time, people will forgive and forget. But no, Shaitan promises him instant gratification, <laughs> instant gratification. So Shaitan says, you got to kill the girl and the baby. Salvage your honor, man. He doesn't realize what's done in the dark always comes to the light. So he kills the girl and he kills the baby, buries them both. Right. Then Shaitan directs the brothers to where the bodies were, were, you know, 
were buried. And he, he, you know, and as the story goes, you know, subhanAllah al So Yusuf, alayhi salam, is, you know, uh, beautiful. He's handsome. Shaitan is beautifying him to the, you know, wife of the Aziz, Zulaikha. She's not sleeping with her husband, right? She doesn't have, uh, you know, she doesn't have any children. You know, she she's desiring, you know, intimacy. You know, she sacrificed her life to live the high life, you know, but at the expense of what? At the expense of, you know, being, you know, emotionally depleted because you're married to a man who, although the second most powerful man in Egypt, is not satisfying any of your needs. You have no children. You have no intimacy. <laughs> you know what I mean? So she goes and she tries to seduce uh, Yusuf, alayhi salam. This is years after Yusuf has been there. Yusuf is now in his 20s, you know, at the peak of his, you know, you know, handsomeness, his beauty. And she goes and she tries to seduce him. She locks all of the doors in the home. She traps him in the room, right? And nobody's around. Brothers, I want you guys to listen to this. Because when you are in the DM with that woman, nobody else is around. It's just you and her. Nobody else there. And this is the opportunity for you to do the right thing. Subhanallah She's in the room with him alone. And she says to him, come on, let's do it. The room, the house is clear, nobody's home, all the doors are locked. But she forgot to unlock, she forgot to lock one door. And that's the door leading to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. She didn't she couldn't lock that door. She couldn't lock that door. And Yusuf, what does he say to her? He said, Allah forbid that I do something like this. God forbid. No, Yusuf wasn't a eunuch. The Aziz, the Aziz. I, I... Oh. Yusuf was not a eunuch. The wife of the the husband of the the of Zuleika, the Aziz, was a eunuch. Anyway, moving right along. You guys come in, you catch the lecture from wherever you jump in, and without you know just waiting and maybe go back and listen to it after it's over. It's like you you jump right in. Oh, so wait a minute. Yusuf was a eunuch? That's not what I said. I didn't say anything remotely close to that. La ilaha illallah. Oh, boy. Anyway, moving right along. So she corners Yusuf in the room and she's, you know, she's trying to seduce him. She says to him, come on. And Yusuf says, Allah forbid. Your husband honored my stay. Is this how I'm going to repay? Is this how I'm going to repay your husband? And I mean, you think about that in today's time. I'm talking about amongst men because there are some really shysty characters, really shysty characters amongst men today. They operate absolutely with very little honor and dignity today. Very little integrity. 
I, I mean, within the Muslim community, I can tell you some horror stories about men and how they engage and interact uh, with other men behind their backs, man. SubhanAllah. Yusuf said, your Lord raised me. Your, your, your husband raised me. Is this how I'm going to repay? You don't repay a person who's shown you hospitality by violating his wife. That's not the way that you repay a person. A brother doesn't invite you over to his house. You sit with his, your wife sits with his wife. You sit with him. And the whole while you're eyeing his wife, the whole while you're, you know, probing, you're trying to find out whether or not their marriage is straight, whether or not, you know, she really wants to be with him because you, are, you know, because you're angling, right? You don't do stuff like that. You don't do stuff like that. But this is the type of you know environment, this is the type of climate that we live in today. No integrity. No integrity whatsoever. SubhanAllah. La ilaha illallah. So Yusuf alayhi salam, he said, you know, your, your husband raised me. There's no way that I could violate him like that. And those who take advantage of other people, those who take advantage of other people will never be successful. He knew that. Even if I, even if he gave in to that, that action in that moment, he knew that in the end, that would never work out for him. That would never work out for him. And this is why when Yusuf was coming home from prison, when he was going to be released from prison, what did he say to the king? What did he say to the king? He said, no, I'm not going to leave out of the prison until you go Go find out what's up with those women who lied on me. And when the king sent someone to go find out what really happened, Yusuf said at the end of that, at the end of that discussion, he said, I did this, meaning I went and got to the bottom of what really happened so that they know that I never betrayed this man in his absence. Right? Right? That is, I did all of this so that that man, and by that time he was dead, but Yusuf still wanted to let everybody know, I did not violate this man in his absence. I did not violate this man in his absence. And that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will never guide the plot and the schemes of those who plot on other people, the scheming of those who scheme on other people. They'll never be guided. Subhanallah, this is a quality of men, integrity. I, I will never violate you behind your back like that. Only in the Muslim community have I ever seen two brothers who are very cool with each other, seemingly. They have a great relationship with one another. And in the moment one brother divorces his wife, that same brother turn around and marry his wife. Only in the Muslim community have I ever seen anything like that. Just weird to me, man. I, I just, you know, it's a weird situation, man. 
correct me if I'm wrong. And then our argument is always, well, it's not haram. <laughs> we use that to justify dishonorable behavior. Well, it's not haram. No, it's not haram, but it's dishonorable. No, it's not haram, but it's dishonorable. This is a guy you pray next to. This is a guy that you don't went out to Starbucks with. This is a guy that you don't went out to dinner with. This is a guy who've invited you over to his house. And the moment him and his wife get into an issue, divorce is on the table for them for whatever reason, you jump right in there. How in the world can you do that? I, I don't understand. I don't understand that. I mean, you can't really blame the woman because she's she might be compromised. <laughs> you don't know what her situation was, but a man, you're supposed to be in full control of your situation as a man. You should be in full control of your situation, understand, operating with the principles of a man. Nah, I'm not gonna marry your wife, man. Nah, I'm, I'm cool. Nah, I'm good. Lack of integrity, man. Lack of integrity. Men move with integrity, man. That is one of the characteristics that we learn from the men in the Quran is to move with integrity. Just because something is halal doesn't mean that something that that particular thing is encouraged. Just because something is permissible doesn't mean that it's encouraged. We're not talking about a woman marrying another sister's husband. We're talking about the woman is divorced. And when she's divorced, that man's friend comes, you know, comes, you know, cracking for, you know, for marriage. That's what I'm talking about. Sisters marrying brothers, knowing that that brother is married. That's a whole nother conversation that. I think the women you guys need to have, because that's that's a lack of integrity as well. That's a whole nother conversation. That's a lack of integrity as well, where you have sisters that are sitting down with brothers. You might actually even know his wife. You might actually even know his wife, but you'll sit down with him on a sneak. You'll com communicate with him and converse with him in DMs and send in pictures. And, you know, God forbid you guys are meeting up and then try to turn around and marry him. Meanwhile, you walk right past her in the message. Meanwhile, you speak to her on Facebook, you speak to her on Instagram, and you're having a sit down with her husband. You're having conversations with her husband, inappropriate conversations with her husband. That's a whole nother conversation for the sisters. That's for you guys to have that conversation. Man. It's, 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 it's crazy, man. It's crazy. Where is the integrity, man? And I get it. Desperation causes people to do things that they wouldn't normally do. But where is the integrity? Where's the honor? Where's the honor? And so for men, one of the qualities and characteristics that we get from men in the Quran is the characteristic of integrity, honor. Another quality and characteristic of men mentioned in the Quran is for them to be goal-oriented. 
we kind of alluded to that earlier, you know, to be goal oriented, right? To be focused. That's, that's the quality of a man is to be focused. Here again, incorporating knowledge into your life so that you can avoid wasting so much time and, you know, nitpicking and little petty issues. You know, if you were to invest in your marriage, you would get more out of your marriage and you would spend less time arguing and debating and getting past issues one one after another and you could spend more of that energy into you know pursuing whatever ambitions or you know whatever goals you have set for yourself but we can't do that we can't get to that because we haven't incorporated any knowledge, any new knowledge into our marriage. We go into our marriage three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten years into our marriage, and we're still the same individual. We haven't evolved. We haven't evolved. You can't evolve without knowledge and experience. You can't evolve without knowledge and experience. And if you evolve without experience, with experience, Without knowledge, you're gonna make a whole bunch of mistakes. You are basically learning from your mistakes rather than incorporating knowledge so you can avoid the mistakes altogether. You understand? It just, it just makes sense. Why remain ignorant and then spend all of your, most of the years, the younger years of your life as, as a married man learning from your mistakes? 10 years, you, you could cut some of your life in half. You can cut your marital life in half if you were just to go and sit in some lectures, some seminars, some, I'm talking about real knowledge. You could cut a lot of your marital life in half. So whereas a person who is just not going to learn anything is gonna learn through mistakes, for your 10 years, I could cut your 10 years in half if you go and invest and sitting in workshops and seminars and counseling sessions and doing the work, you could cut that 10 years in half. I promise you. <laughs> but we don't want to do the work. You rather learn from experience. You rather learn from experience. So you make a mistake after mistake after mistake. And sometimes we repeat the mistake three, four, five times. <laughs> you repeat the mistake four or five times before you even correct it, before you even acknowledge that it's a mistake. How many times are you gonna repeat the mistake before you actually acknowledge that it's a mistake and then work towards correcting it? At what point? We are wasting so much time. If you put more energy into investing into yourself as a man, then you could spend less time, you know, making the mistakes and learning as you go along. As the scholars, they have a saying, that the Sa'id, the successful person, is the one who learns from other people's mistakes. Successful people are the ones who learn from other people's mistakes. Was shaqiyun and the wretched person is the one who learns from his own mistakes. Let me know how that works out for you. You're just going to keep making mistakes, learning over and over. 
You're just going to keep making mistakes over and over and over again? Or do at some point, do you say, you know what? I am wasting too much time learning from my own mistakes. If I just start investing in myself, then I can avoid making these mistakes. No, it's, we got to work smarter, not harder. We got to work smarter, not harder. So when you see marriage fairs, marriage boot camps, you see these type of programs coming in, coming up, invest in yourself. Invest in yourself. What those who signed up for the marriage boot camp, and alhamdulillah, we have we have a huge crowd that's coming tomorrow. Both men and women, for, for, for some strange reason, I don't know why, for the men, I, I applaud you. For those brothers who signed up for the marriage boot camp and it's coming down to Delaware tomorrow, I applaud you. We have had... We've had like almost, you know, I, I can't tell you exactly how many, but we have had so much more of an uptick in men registering for the mar marriage boot camp. I'm, I'm actually grateful that we switched it from a marriage fair to a marriage boot camp. I'm, I'm actually grateful that we did that. SubhanAllah. And perhaps we're not ready for marriage. Perhaps that whole situation just showed us that we're not actually ready for marriage. And maybe we need to do some more self-investment. Maybe we need to do some more self-investment. So for that, for the brothers who, you know, signed up for the marriage boot camp is coming down tomorrow, man, I applaud you. The brothers who are still on the ropes, you know, still looking for somebody to go with you, still looking for, you know, whether or not you should go or not, you know, still, you know, listen, man, this is about you. Invest in yourself. Work smarter, not harder. What we are doing as men is we are working harder than what's necessary. We are working harder than what is necessary. Work smarter and invest less energy in the mistakes and correcting the mistakes and invest in knowledge so that you can avoid the mistakes altogether. That, that's the smart thing to do. But we have to be goal oriented as men. There's there's nothing I'm I'm sure. Um, I, I'll give you guys an opportunity to jump on the live. Give me a second. Let me let me finish my point. Inshallah. Uh, I think that um, you know men can be very goal oriented. Some can be very goal oriented, but we are so easily distracted. That's the problem. There's too many distractions. I remember a young brother who was um, aspiring student of knowledge. I don't know where he is, you know, I don't know where he is at, at this point in his career, but at the time he was aspiring to be a student of knowledge. And I could see that, you know, women was going to kind of be a struggle for him. And so one day we were talking and I said, listen, let me give you some advice. I said, I don't know what it is you need to do. But that area of your life, you need to square that area of your life away. If that means that you need to go into polygyny, if that means that, you know, you need to, you know, not get married and just remain single for a while, if that means that you need to be married and find somebody who can satisfy that particular desire of yours, you need to do whatever it is you need to do to satisfy that. I said, because if you do not square that away, that area of your life will haunt you. It will haunt you the entire your entire career as a student of knowledge and you're not going to make it that far think about most of the young students of knowledge i can think of many 
I can think of many who women became a distraction for them. There were many students who left the Islamic University when I was there, left the Islamic University because they got married or because, you know, I mean, you forfeited a, a, a whole opportunity, you know what I mean? Because you got married and your wife didn't want to, you know, your wife didn't want to, you know, stay in Medina, you know, your wife got, you know, some visa issues or whatever the case may be. And you just threw away the whole opportunity to go and, you know, salvage a marriage that may or may not have even worked out. <laughs> I mean, just think about it. Like you, you abandoned the Islamic university to go home and, you know, to straighten the situation uh, with your wife. And then the marriage didn't even work. So you lost out on both. You lost the opportunity of a lifetime to study in one of the most prestigious Islamic universities in the world. You 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 missed that opportunity, and then you not even married to the girl that you made the sacrifice for. It's just like, what was it all worth? We're hustling backwards here, man. We are literally hustling backwards here. You know, man, subhanAllah, man, we, we have to be more goal-oriented and stop being distracted. We're too easily distracted. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, and this will be my last goal, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in surah number 24, ayah 37, Allah says, describing the men, right? Rijalun la tulhihim tijaratun wa la bay'un an dhikrillah wa iqam salat wa ita is zakat. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, Rijalun, men, la tulhihim tijaratun, who business transactions, tijara, business does not distract them. And dhikrillah, from the remembrance of Allah. Wa iqam is salah, and establishing the salah. Wa ita is zakat, and paying the zakat. Business doesn't distract them from that. They know how to manage both worlds, their spiritual world and their worldly world, their material world. They know how to manage both. That's a man. Goal-oriented. My goal is Jannah, is paradise. And although paradise is my goal, I'm going to utilize my dunya to get there. So I'm not going to abandon my dunya because I'm goal-oriented and get into paradise. No, I'm going to use my dunya to help me get to the akhirah. You understand? I'm going to use my dunya to get to the akhirah. As Allah says in the Quran, you know, وَبْتَغِي فِي مَا آتَاكَ اللَّهُ دَارُ الْآخِرَةِ وَلَا تَنْسَى نَسِيبَكَ مِنَ الدُّنْيَا Use. Seek Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in what he has provided you from the life of this world, but don't forget your share of the hereafter. Meaning, don't forget to use your dunya for the hereafter. Some people think that they got to have it one way or other. They got to have it one way or the other. Oh, you're too worldly. What does that even mean? I'm too worldly. What does that mean? I'm using my worldly riches to help me get to, you know. I don't understand how we use that. But we have to be goal-oriented as men. Goal-oriented, never losing sight of that. And we're so easily distracted. When you hear a man say, I'm not on my dean right now, that means that you have succumbed to all of your distractions. 
I ain't on my dean right now. Make dua for me. It's like, dude, man, how did you get distracted? What came into your, what did you allow? What door did you open in your life that you allowed that to come in and distract you? Allah says, Rijalun min. It's a quality, a characteristic of men. Rijalun min. That business does not distract them from the remembrance of Allah and establishing the salah and paying the zakat. They fear a day that the hearts and the eyes will turn in fear. They fear that day. Never lose sight of that. These are the men that Allah is talking about in the Quran. Rijalun. They are not distracted by business, by the pursuit of the world. From the remembrance of Allah, from establishing the salah, from paying the zakat. As men, we know, you know, there's some brothers that I know, you know, when it's time to pray, it's time to pray. I don't care where we at. We, we could be in the mall, we could be shopping. I don't care. We're going to stop, but we're going to pray. This doesn't distract us from the remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Establishing the salat, remembering Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We're not, we're not going to get distracted by that. Oh, this is another quality. And believe it or not, this is what makes a man attractive to a woman. When a woman sees a man who got his head screwed on straight, he's, he knows what direction that he's going. And even in getting married, he has to make sure that he, his wife and his children don't become a distraction for him. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us in the Quran, Ya yuhalladina amanu, inna min azwajikum wa awladikum lakum fahdharuhum. Oh, you who believe indeed from amongst your wives, some of your wives and some of your children are enemies to you. Fahdharuhum. Beware of them. Enemies to you in the sense that they represent a distraction. They are distraction for you. Some women, unfortunately, not intentionally. This doesn't mean that they are enemies to you, meaning they're trying to make you compromise your deen. But when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentioned your wives and your some of your wives and your children are a distraction, why did he combine men, children and women in the same ayah? Because women and children have something in common, and that is that they can be very needy at times. They require engagement. They require you to put your life on pause as a moment and to engage them. You know what I mean? Like they want full attention at times. And sometimes, you know, that could be at a time when, you know, as a man, have you ever, you know, told your wife, well, I'm going to the message to pray? And your wife is like, you going out now? And it's just like, uh, yeah, I want to pray. Go to the masjid to pray. Like, you want me to stay home and pray with you and not go to the masjid? You know what I mean? Like sometimes we're put in those situations. She she wants you right there. And I mean, it's not to just be dismissive in that moment and say, well, I'm going to the masjid to pray. You got to wait until I get back. No, be be mindful, be courteous, and be considerate of that. Be considerate of that. Like, hey, babe, I know, you know, it's like when the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam married Umm Salama, right? And when he married Umm Salama, uh, he spent the three days with Umm Salama because she wasn't a virgin. She was married previously. So in polygyny, when a man marries a second wife and she's not a virgin, then he stays with her 
you know, after he marries her, he stays with her for three days. All right. That's just kind of, that's like a, you know, to, to a prelude to, you know, their life. So to kind of give her those three days. And so the Prophet Sallallahu stayed with, you know, Um Salama for three days. And then when he was leaving the third day, right, he was leaving, Um Salama grabbed his thobe from behind. She didn't want him to leave. She didn't want him to leave. But now that's compromising, you know, his rotation between his other wives. <laughs> you understand? I'm a nurse working on the floor right now listening to this talk. MashaAllah, shout out to all the nurses, all the first responders, all of the people out in the field. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala ease your task. May Allah make it easy for you. I know dealing with the conditions in the hospitals and things like that, and you know, the, the, the imposition of you know the testing and vaccinations and things like that. I know that can be overwhelming, but trust and believe you are appreciated. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala keep you all protected. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala you know, grant you what you need, you know, and give you the safety and the protection that you need working under the conditions that you are working under. Um, you are appreciated. You are appreciated. All right. So uh, the Prophet Sallallahu is leaving after the third day because his time is up with her. And Um Salama grabs his stove from the back, like, you know, I don't want you to leave. Right. I don't want you to go. But here she's about to compromise, you know, his rotation with his other wives. So the Prophet ﷺ, rather than saying, you know, I got to go. I gave you your three days. You need to fear Allah and wait until I get back, right? No, he was sensitive to the, to the situation. He understood. She's not trying to get him to compromise his relationship with his other wives. It's just that in that moment, she needed him. She didn't want him to go. And so sometimes as men, we can be very insensitive. It's not that the woman is trying to intentionally make you compromise your religion, compromise your relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But it's just, that's her nature as a woman. And so the Prophet sallallahu understanding that Um Salama didn't want him to leave, he didn't turn to her and say, fear Allah, I gave you your three days, let me go to my other wives, you know, I, I have to be just and fair. He said, if you want me to stay for seven days, Right? You want me to stay for seven days, I can stay for seven days. You want me to give you four more days, I can give you four more days. He said, but if I give you four more days, then I got to give four more days to your co-wives. You know, I, I got to give them four more days as well. So, you know, it starts to register, right? If he has nine wives or eight other wives, you know, eight times four, you know what I mean, 32, she's not going to see him for another month. <laughs> You understand what I'm saying? So she starts to think about that. Like, well, the four days, the four extra days does sound pretty good. But when I think about the long term, uh, right here again, the, the, you know, the quick fix, you know, versus, you know, the long term, you know, playing the long game. So Um Salam was like, ah, eh. so he let, she let his stove go. <laughs> no, go ahead. Go. Just go. You understand? So he was very sensitive to that. So it wasn't that she was intentionally, women don't intentionally, I don't think a good woman would would intentionally try to make you compromise your religion, your relationship with God. I don't think a, a good woman, that that is contradictory to what a good woman is. A woman is not, a good woman is not going to do that. She wants you to be obedient to Allah. But sometimes 
her emotions get the best of her and she needs you in that moment. And sometimes that can make you compromise, but you have to be aware of that as a man. As a man, you have to find that, that balance. You have to find that balance. You still have to be goal oriented, but you still have to also be considerate of the other people that need you in your life. And sometimes I think as Muslim men, we could be very cold sometimes using the religion as a justification for that. You know, you need to fear a law because you know I got to do X, Y, Z. It's just like, man, use some finesse, man. Use some hikma. Use some wisdom. Use some wisdom, man. Use some finesse in the situation. You ain't got to be so rock solid all the time. You don't have to be so straightforward and blunt all the time. Especially when you see the situation for what it is, man. Use some hikmah. I got to go, babe, but, you know, I'll be right back. I know you love me. I know you don't want me to leave. I, I, I got it. You know, I'll be back. And when you come back, come back with some ice cream. You know, come back with the little thing of haagen or come back with a little thing of ice cream with, you know, two spoons. And, you know, we're going to sit on the couch and we're going to eat some ice cream. You know, you thought about her. You know, you thought about her while you were gone. That's letting her know that although I had to leave, I had to leave out, you know, I thought about you, you know, while I was gone, you know, and that speaks volumes, that speaks volumes, you know, that speaks volumes, but no woman is, you know, Allah is not saying when he says that they are enemies to you, be aware, but if you read the rest of the ayat, Allah says, but if you are merciful and, you know, forgiving, you know what I mean, like Allah ends the ayat with being merciful and forgiving to them. So when Allah says that they are enemies to you, be aware of them, meaning be aware of the needs that your wives and your children have, that sometimes if you give into it, it'll cause you to, you know, neglect your responsibility and your duties to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But a man, to be goal-oriented, that is what makes a man great. That is what makes a man attractive. All of the sisters that are listening right now, for so that the brothers, so that the men understand Please tell these men, does a man who is goal-oriented, who has his head screwed on straight, who knows what direction he's going in his life, does that make him more attractive? Does that make him more handsome? Rather than a guy who is just a wandering generality, he doesn't know whether he's coming or going, there's no stability in that. Women want stability. Women want continuity. <laughs> Women want, want you to be continuous in whatever you're doing <laughs> and to be goal oriented because when a woman sees that you know exactly where you're going in life that's something that she can get down with it's like oh this guy know where he going she might help you to tweak your journey a little bit because sometimes you know we can get one track mind and we think we gotta do it this way i don't know how many times i'm like no it gotta be done this way and my wife is like it don't have to be done. What if I told you, you could do it like this and still get the same outcome? And it's just like, so sometimes as men, you know, we kind of get one track mind and we believe it got to be done like this. It got to be done in this fashion. And a woman comes along and he helps, she helps you to achieve the same goal, but taking a different route. Women are always like that. Women never follow the script. Women always look at the situation because they, they are, their brains function differently. So they always look at the situation and say, oh, nah, you could actually do it like this. And as men, we're like, no, that's compromising my religion. I, I'm not going to do that. I need to fear a law. And it's just like, uh, dude, relax, <laughs> relax. 
It's the same destination. <laughs> it's the same destination. You know, she she brings she helps to nurture that that wisdom that lays like lies dormant within us. You know, so you know it's important for men to understand this, man. You know, um, so to be goal oriented, never lose sight of the goal, never to be distracted. We are distracted sometimes by the you know immediate praise instead of long term respect. I've seen men that as long as somebody singing your praise. You'll dance to that tune right there in that moment, not realizing that that guy only wants something from you right now. He don't care about you in the long run. So you'll opt for the five minutes of fame rather than the long-term respect. I don't want the five minutes of fame. You can have that. I want the respect in the long term. You understand? That's a distraction, especially now in today's time where praise and likes and all of those things mean so much to us. The new punch in the face today is to get blocked, even with men. If I block a dude, I get a text message, I, I get a message on, you know, on Instagram, or I get a message, an email, why did you block me today? I was only saying this, this, this. It's like, you, know, you act like I punched you in your face, man. <laughs> like blocking somebody is like the new punch you in the face to this generation. It's just like, why are you so offended? Because I blocked you. I just blocked you. Go create a ghost account and refollow me until I figure it out and block you again. But you know, you might have a, a you might have a ride for you know. It's just like, why does that mean so much to you? You're a man. Get over it. You're a man. Get over it. It's it's just like you know, some of this stuff is just it's. You know, it's never going to make sense to me. I'm sorry. It's just never going to make sense to me. Um, but we can sometimes be so distracted by the immediate praise and the immediate, you know, something that Jay-Z said in an interview. He was like, you know, you want to you want that when that white that that light shines, you want to be right there in that white space. But that space only lasts for a short amount of time. You that space only lasts for a short amount of time. You want the you want the limelight for right now. You want the limelight, clout chasing, and you know, you want the limelight for right now, but you're not thinking about 10 years from now. You're not thinking about 20 years from now. All right. So I'm gonna somebody sending me a friend request. So let me let them on. So I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna let them on, both of them on tonight. I'm gonna be generous tonight. What's up, bro? How you doing? Hey, how you doing, man? I'm all right. Um, I want to check in with you, like, uh, so I want to talk to you a little about a, a little a little bit about like being a man, and cause my girl actually came home Muslim. I've been Muslim for like a year already. Okay. But, um, you know, she 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 joined the nation, you know, and she's constantly um, I'm looking I'm looking to her because I'm not gonna lie to you, bro. Like, I could be better at being Muslim. Right. Mm -hmm. But, you know, given the fact that like I, I seen one of the comments, the girl said, the lady said, um, women, women will submit when they're led properly. Mm. Right. So, you know, I led her to the path, I feel, of Islam. Right. right. And I feel like maybe it's not 
her job to maybe it's my job to like, you know what I mean? But I she knows more than me about, about, you know what I mean? So I'm, I'm in it like, what do you think I should do? Um, I think you should take your rightful position as the leader, man. You got to catch up though. She's, she's, she's already steps ahead of you, which women usually are. And, and that's, that might be a good thing, but you have to catch up, you know, because she's looking for you to lead. Yeah, she's looking for you to lead, man. And, you know, if if the woman is the leader, then it, I mean, like, what is your purpose? Well, I want to I say all that. I want to say all that. You want to say all <laughs> that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but you got you got to catch up, you know, what I mean? and, and keep in mind, and that's, both that's men and because, both I mean, men like, and women share leadership about. roles within their marriage. Both men and women share leadership roles in their marriage. Right. There's some things as it relates to my children, school and doctor's appointments and things like that. I let my wife handle that. She handles that. That's that's her. I don't I don't debate with that. She says this is what it is. That's what it is, because I trust her and she's leader in that regard when it comes to, you know, taking care of the home and making sure that the management of the family and things like that. That's my role. That's my position. I can't let her lead in that because then that would make me irrelevant. Yeah, I'm saying I'll be paying the bills and all that. You know I mean? No, it's not just paying the bills. Not just paying the bills. No, it's more than that. It's more than that. Managing, it's managing. You are the manager. You are the CEO of your business, which is your marriage, your relationship. You are the CEO. Boss up. Act like a boss. Facts. You understand? Boss up, man. Boss up. Say hi, say, say hi real quick. <laughs> well, nah, because we be watching. I be trying to learn. Look, it's my baby right. Hey, how you doing? <laughs> Assalamualaikum. <laughs> yeah. All right, man. I'm gonna give somebody else a chance to jump. I'm gonna give somebody else a chance to jump in, man. But thank you for uh, for jumping Absolutely. on the live and tapping in with me, man. All right, bro. All right, man. All right, you guys understand? As men, we we gotta boss up, man. We gotta boss up. You know. Um, let me see. Got another oldie but goodie, my man Yusuf. Let's see. So for all the men that's listening, man, you know, boss up, man. Boss up. <laughs> hey, salam alaikum. Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullah. What's going on, young man? You got it, old head. What's happening? <laughs> <laughs> What's the deal with you? All right, talk to me, man. What's good? So tomorrow we have what's called a marriage boot camp. We'll be here and we'll be at Meshida Kalthor in Wilmington, Delaware. Uh, Alhamdulillah, Hassan and Nayila flew in from Atlanta. They just arrived during Juma. So they're here. Uh, Dr. Hassan Akbar coming from New York. He'll be here tomorrow morning. Uh, Imam Tariq drove down from Atlanta. So he's here. Um, and on Sunday, we have a conference. There's a um, Maintaining Your Marriage conference. All of the speakers will be there. Uh, at the, we'll be at the Hilton Hotel on Sunday. But tomorrow, we'll be at Meshul Kalthor. Uh, the event starts at 2 p.m., inshallah. And this is for men and women, men and women. Uh, we are also still um, arranging sit-downs for any of the brothers. We had a lot of brothers register within the past week. So for sisters who are still registered for the event, 
uh, we will give you access to the profiles and you know the resumes of the brothers who you know who came down and we will arrange there's a, a area an office space that is upstairs in the masjid where we will entertain uh, sit downs between the brothers and sisters and obviously the sit downs is not for you guys to get married right then and there but uh, if you decide from that initial meeting to take it you know, step further to pursue the situation, then we'll turn the situation over to your wali and let you guys handle that. Yeah, I'm, 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 good. I'm good on the sit down thing. I'm okay <laughs> with that. I, I wanna, I wanna, <laughs> I'm, I'm all right. I'm, I'm off the market. You're off the market. I'm, <laughs> yeah, I'm off the market. I'm, I'm, I'm at my limit, brother. MashaAllah. <laughs> you got to know when to say when. Absolutely. Absolutely, get off the hamster wheel, man. You got to get off the so hamster listen, wheel. Um, I would, I would, I would like to. Uh, I mean, you would always sharpen your tools. Also, you can't get too party heavy yourself because you believe your situation is, you know, working. You can also use some, you know, come. I might, I might slide through and bring my wife with me, and we we come and check it out. Absolutely. So let me let me ask you a question. Some of the things that we've been talking about as it relates to the men. You know, uh, how do you feel about that? Do you feel like the information is on point? You feel like the information is, you know, poignant? Is it is it relative? Is it relevant? Any any for for me for me with anything that has a positive connotation that I can add to my 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 my, my repertoire of putting into action, even if it's just like just something slight. I, I look at it as a plus. The reason why I look at it as a plus is because. We're trying to figure this thing out. We didn't have any models to show us exactly what we should be doing. Absolutely. We know we, 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 we have the Sunnah of the Prophet, we missed the Absolutely. mark sometimes. We didn't have any role, we didn't have anybody in our lives as men to show us how we should be as men. Right. To women, whether it's to women, to our own children, or Absolutely. anything like that. So, I, uh, like I may have been in and out of the talk because you know I'm I'm I may have been in and out of the talk, but you know it's always like I talk I I, I kick it with Hassan a lot, mm -hmm. and I just seen him last week in Juma. I'm I'm actually up here in Philadelphia, so being I'm up here, I'm I think man uh, after after I finish this little job that I got going on, I'm gonna come through and I'll probably bring my wife with me. We're gonna come. Alhamdulillah. You know, it's always a situation to where you can you can do something better. Absolutely. You trying to you trying to you trying to listen, the Prophet Sallallahu said, knowledge is the lost property of the believer. Wherever you find it, you have more right to it. So if something is going on where some solid information is being disseminated by some professionals who are skilled in that particular subject matter, I'm there. It's an investment. It's not a loss. What else are you doing? It's it's not a loss. It's an investment. People go to football games, basketball games, football is coming up. How many people are going to go buy tickets to go to a football game? You're going to sit for six hours, six hours at a stadium, you know what I mean, watching a football game, but you won't go sit for an hour or two at a seminar or workshop so that you can better yourself as a man. Meanwhile, as you said, we didn't have men to model these behaviors for us. You know, we read the Prophet Sallallahu life, but that's theory. We need to see that in real time. But you'll go buy tickets to a game and go sit at a game for six hours. Like, I can't even sit on the couch with my children. My children love football. 
I can't do it. I can't sit on the couch for two hours and watch football commercials. And, you know, I, I can't sit there and be indoctrinated. I'm too woke for that. <laughs> I'm too woke for that, man. They don't understand that. Yeah. The, the other thing is like, okay, like earlier today, right? You know, uh, my, 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 wife, my wife says to me, she says, I like you. So, so I said, I like me too. <laughs> she said, well, that's not, the, that's not what I was looking for. I'm looking for you to say to me, I like you too. I said, well, that's not the reason why you should say. Uh-huh. That's not the reason why you should say that I like you for, for someone to say it back. If that's your feeling, right. you say that. Right. Right. I mean, I, I'm I'm saying I'm saying in the connotation not to be right in the situation, but that's how I felt at that particular moment. I was, and she was like, "No, I said it so you can say I like you too." And I said, "No, I said that's that's like narcissism." Or something. <laughs> And I die. I, you know, I might have the wrong diet. I'm not a clinician, so that might be a wrong diagnosis. But you know, everybody <laughs> started was laughing at it and stuff like that. But at the same time, I thought about it later. Like, was I empathetic or sympathetic to her feelings in that particular situation? So, like, I may bring up something like that even while I'm there because you know, I, I like to, you know, I like to be practical practical and I, I want advice i'm not too you know we're not too old or too big to not get advice on something and try to put that into play you absolutely know what absolutely so, absolutely well alhamdulillah so, man thanks for jumping on the live man i appreciate it man jazakallah khair for right, our... so I, I got uh you said mashed kalthar in wilmington delaware right? yes yep you can All google right. you can google it it's on northeast boulevard uh, I don't know the exact number, but um, it's, it's probably one of the biggest messages in Delaware, period. Uh, okay. So, um, alhamdulillah, we'll be there from 2 p.m. Uh, we do have vending, so there will be vendors in the parking lot. Tomorrow is supposed to be really nice. Uh, so, inshallah, the parking lot will be designated for vendors. So, if you would like to vend, it's $75 for vending. Uh, vending is also uh, available for both events, the event at the Hilton on Sunday as well as the event tomorrow in Wilmington. So if you would like to vend, it's $75. I'm not saying you, I'm just saying in general for anybody listening, if they wanted to vend, we have vendors out in the in the parking lot, inshallah. Uh, and you know, you know, you know Shadid, I spent years in the sook. I'm done with it. <laughs> <laughs> I used to be vending all the time. I'm, 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 yeah, I'm cool. I ain't doing nothing. Alhamdulillah. I'm coming to the benefit a little bit. Allahu Akbar. Alhamdulillah. So it's it's uh, the event is a fundraiser for Masjid Rolda. So it is a hundred dollars. A hundred dollars. You can pay at the door or you can pay online. Inshallah. If you would like to go online and pay, you can go to www.roldamasjid.com and you can uh -huh. register there. It's a hundred dollars there, but it is a hundred and fifty at the door. We might change the price at the door. Simply because we just want people to benefit, you know, even though we want the masjid to, you know, get up the funds to purchase our building, but we still want, we don't want anybody to feel disinclined because of the cost or the fee, inshallah ta'ala. All right. And if you don't have money and you want to attend the event, inshallah ta'ala, then please come and we'll, we'll, I'm sure there's some generous people there that will pay for your way at the door. The Muslims are very generous. Walilahilhamd. Now, um, we, we sliding through, inshallah. I'll see you tomorrow, inshallah. Okay, inshallah. Jazakallah khair. I mean, what? Well,
Wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Okay, so our event uh, tomorrow, inshallah ta'ala, that is in Wilmington, Delaware. Um, in Wilmington, Delaware, inshallah. And uh, let me see how, how I log him off. You got to turn your thing off, Yusuf. Let me see. Okay, so that's tomorrow, inshallah ta'ala, in Wilmington, Delaware, at Masjid al-Kawthor. Uh, we will be starting our event at 2 p.m., inshallah ta'ala. Most of our speakers are already here in Delaware. We're still waiting for a few more to show up, uh, which will, they will probably be here tomorrow. Um, the event will go from 2 p.m. to 8 p.m. Uh, we'll be talking about, you know, premarital pitfalls, premarital, you know, a preparation. We'll be talking about the wali and all of the things that a lot of Muslims uh, probably did not have access to. There are a lot, a lot of information on the internet that sometimes can be very confusing. All right, so if you are somebody who, especially somebody who is a new Muslim, new convert to Islam, and you're reading all of this stuff online, you know, um, and sometimes you are confused by all of the things that you see Please come out and please benefit. No, the, the event tomorrow is not only just for singles. It's for everybody. Both events are for everybody. I don't know why people keep saying, is this for singles or is this for married people? The both events tomorrow and Sunday, Sunday's conference is for everybody. If you are married or single or intended or looking for marriage, the event is for you. The event is for you. All right. And so we just want people, you know, um, we just want people to learn, you know, these things, take away some tools with you so that you can, you know, make your experience, you know, more fruitful, more beneficial, inshallah. All right. Um, so if you can't make it, for those of you who cannot make it to the event tomorrow, here's an opportunity for you. You can donate to Masjid Arroba right now by going to our cash app, the cash app sign. The cash app sign, Rolda Masjid, R-A-W-D-A-H. Hit go to our cash app and drop $50, drop $100, drop $500, drop how much you can drop because this is a fundraiser for Masjid Rolda. We are done with the days of sitting around asking the community for money. So we organize events like this. We charge a small fee and all of the proceeds of that goes to the Masjid. All right, so it's just a different way, a strategic way uh, of raising money for the mischief. So I'm going to, um, I'm going to pin here, our cash app, go over to our cash app and, uh, make a, make a generous donation inshallah ta'ala much appreciated. Anything that you donate, uh, is definitely appreciated. So I'm going to post the cash app here. Um, Roda Masjid. All right, so this this is a uh, this is a fundraiser for our masjid. Inshallah, we're looking to purchase a facility here uh, in Newark, Delaware. So if you can't make it to the event, Inshallah, if you can't make it, then please go over to our cash app and drop a donation. Let's see if we can collect twenty thousand dollars tonight. I throw just a random number out there because Muslims are very generous. It's Friday. Alhamdulillah, maybe you have other things that, came, that, 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 that came up this weekend, but what you can do is you can go to Cash App right now and you can make a generous donation. 
donate to Masjid Arola. If you see what we're doing, if you like what we're doing, if you love what we're doing, if you want to get behind what we're doing, this is an opportunity for you to do that. A lot of times we sit back, we see an effort, and then we say, you know, well, I just want to see where this is going. And then when it seems like it's going places, then we want to say, you know, well, you know, I was there. I was I was there from the very beginning, man. Get down. Get down with this, you know, with this opportunity. We, if you like what we're doing, if you see the direction that we're going, you see the vision, you understand? You see the vision, you see what we're doing, get behind it. We're not just talking about it. We had uh, we had a, a couple's, you know, a date night, which inshallah, we look forward to doing sometime in the near future. We had a couple's date night. You know, we had a limo for the brothers, a limo for the sisters. We went out for five-star dinner, steak dinner. Uh, we did paint night. I mean, like, what other masjid, what other Muslim community is doing this? And that's not to compare ourselves to anybody. But I'm saying acknowledge the effort by getting behind it. Don't just say, oh, yeah, I like what you guys are doing. <laughs> I, don't, I don't want you to like what we're doing. If you appreciate the energy that we are bringing to the Muslim community, if you appreciate, you know, what we are putting forward, then get behind it. What are you waiting for? What are you waiting for? What are you waiting for? Get behind it. Go to our Cash App right now. Uh, cash App sign, roll the masjid, and leave a donation for us, inshallah ta'ala. If you can't make it tomorrow, the, the, the event is $100. If you can't make it tomorrow, then donate $100. Donate $100 and say, hey, you know, I donated $100. Give a ticket to somebody, bismillah, and let them come and benefit. Let them come and benefit. If you can't make it, here's $100, I can't make it, you know, give the ticket to somebody, inshallah. Give it away free to somebody and let somebody benefit. Let your money work for you. That's how your money works for you. That is how your money works for you. <laughs> because while you are shopping, doing whatever you need to do for the weekend to prepare yourself for your next week, You've donated $100 and that ticket will be given to somebody who will sit in the seminar, who will learn and take notes and benefit and all on the $100 that you paid. So if you can't make it tomorrow, then donate, inshallah, donate. We're, we're not asking, we're not just sitting around asking for money and you don't see the fruits of that money. You see where, where it's going. You see where it's going. I believe in, you know, putting your money where your mouth is. And if you believe that what we are doing and what we are offering to the community is beneficial, it's healthy, it's a breath of fresh air from what we have been experiencing in the past, then get behind it. Not just financially. We need all hands on deck. We can't do this by ourselves. Alhamdulillah, uh, sister says she donated $150. Let someone attend on your behalf. MashaAllah, MashaAllah. Alhamdulillah, I really appreciate that, sister. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless you. May Allah reward you. And we will definitely give that ticket to somebody on your behalf and let you let your money work for you. <laughs> Alhamdulillah, sister Haja, Castoria Moore, MashaAllah, from Philly. Shout out to Philly. Thank you. You are always very supportive. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless you. May Allah reward you. Sister Taliba, of course, say less. You already know. MashaAllah, saw you earlier. 
you guys, man, subhanAllah, some of you guys have been so supportive from the very beginning, and I do appreciate it. I don't get a chance often to come on live because I'm usually handling business and I'm off. So I don't usually get an opportunity to thank everybody. But those of you who have been behind uh, what we are doing from the very beginning, you are appreciated. I promise you, you are appreciated. Sister Atiyah, mashallah, jazakallah khairan, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reward you, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala elevate your rank, elevate your status, and if you donate and you want us to donate the ticket to someone, when you donate, please just put in the note that you can donate my ticket to somebody, all right? Alhamdulillah, uh, Alexandra, mashallah, thank you so much, she says she'll cover someone's ticket, mashallah. Can we get a conference in Atlantic City? I'm waiting for Sister Zakia. We were supposed to do something in, in October, man. Talk to Sister Zakia. Tell her, have your people talk to my people. Tell Sister Zakia to get at me, man. We were supposed to do something in October. Absolutely, we need a conference in Atlantic City. Absolutely. We need it in the worst way. We need this camaraderie. We need this brotherhood. We need this sisterhood. We've been away from one another for way too long, man. Yes, there is a mailing address. You can send me an email and I will send you the mail address if you want to mail a check. Uh, you can make the check out to uh, I, just email me and I'll give you all of the details, inshallah. Email me and I'll give you all of the details. Uh, Imam Shadid Muhammad at gmail.com. Email me if you want to write a check, you want to send a check, inshallah. I will send you all of the details. Just email me privately, inshallah, and I will give you all of the details. I see the request to be in the live, but I'm getting ready to log off. It's 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 almost 10 o'clock, approaching, quickly approaching my bedtime. We have a long day tomorrow. We have a long day on Sunday, inshallah. Come out for the conference on Sunday. The conference, all of the speakers will be there. We'll be at the Hilton Hotel, uh, 100 Continental Drive, Newark, Delaware. We'll be at the Hilton, inshallah. Uh, we will have our morning brunch uh, for the speakers and for those who are there at the hotel from nine to 11, uh, and then the first lecture starts at 12.30, inshallah ta'ala. All right, so we'll be at the Hilton Hotel on Sunday, inshallah. Will any part of the event be live streamed? Probably not. We may stream you know, a lecture or ports or bits and pieces of the lecture, but it wouldn't be fair to the people who paid for the event for us to stream it live so that those people who are home can benefit. So then you know, it, it wouldn't be fair. So we will not be streaming the event. We may stream bits and pieces of it just to kind of give everybody a glimpse or an idea of what's happening, but we will not be streaming the entire event. All right. And tomorrow's event will be catered. We have halal food that will be catered, inshallah ta'ala, uh, as well as uh, on Sunday, we will have uh, a brunch. All right. So for those of you who cannot a paid stream. <laughs> That's actually a good idea. I, I never even actually even thought about that. A paid stream. Duly noted. <laughs> Duly noted. MashaAllah. All right. So here again, uh, if you can't make it, please make a donation. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reward you. Samir from Cali. What's up, big homie? MashaAllah. Samir from Cali. What's happening, big homie? MashaAllah. Long time no hear from, man. Uh, we're going to go, inshallah, jazakumallah khayran for your time. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reward you all. If you're coming through tomorrow or Sunday, inshallah, I will see you tomorrow or Sunday. Jazakumallah khayran. Wassalamu alaikum.
ورحمة الله وبركاته